This is the Big Talk Podcast with Christian Gray, and we are the greatest in the world by far. No one else can come. Pete with us, even in Zimbabwe. Hey. Yeah. Alright. Hold up, let me answer my phone. Hello, can I help you? No, we do not want to sign a record contract. We're busy doing a podcast, damn it. Our vocals are worldwide. I don't know, man. We could be on The Voice. We could be on Sweden's. We are The Voice. SM. We are The Voice. And sometimes, why? <laughs> All right. <laughs> that was good. Sometimes, why? Welcome back, guys. Nation, welcome back. Another episode of The Big Talk Podcast with Chris and Greg. I'm Chris. I'm Greg. You guys know where to get a hold of us, but just in case you're new. Some of you are. Yeah, Big Talk CG dot podcast on Instagram. Big Talk CG dot podcast on Instagram. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Big talk CG at and at Big Talk CG on Twitter. Reach out, DM, like, follow, comment. Get We're a hold all up of us. in there, dude. I'm, I'm get a hold of us. Man. We are on a good, you know, correspondence with the people that are out there reaching out to us. We're like, yeah. We're, we're definitely getting our correspondence yeah. going. We love it, dude. A lot of people out there like you know uh, listening to our now, stuff. Now, Chris, is it true that the the TikTok videos that I've been sending you that you've made of me are number one and number two? Are they getting some? Would you like me to tell you that they are number one? Yes, I would like to to be. I'm gonna tell you what right now. The videos that Greg has sent me that I've posted on TikTok are number one. That's what I want to hear, baby. Number one. Hey man. Hey man. Greg, you're number one. <laughs> and who comes next? Iron Maiden, man. <laughs> I think you say, I come next. I'm crazy. I'm, like, I'm coming next. No, dude. You're the best, dude. <clears throat> Good. You are the best. You are number one. And just in case you guys well, didn't know. I, thought, ahead, I thought everybody was getting tired of seeing your face, and they wanted to see mine in there. That was I, don't, I don't even get tired of my face. <laughs> Look at this. I shaved today. Oh. Looking like a baby face. I just dropped Ooh. like 15 years. Baby face. Looking younger than my own kids right now. I like it, I man. Smoking. We're burning some incense. I got some smoke in my face. Um, love it. I like it. Uh, All right. What, Europe. Yeah, that's, that's who we're talking. Not the country. Or excuse me, not the continent. Continent. Jesus Christ. The band. Good Lord, dude. These guys are great. They're from Sweden. Oh, yeah. from And, you know... I definitely um, did not know that they are as great as I have found them out to be. This is I'm, one of those bands that I just under-listened to them, and I found a lot of great and amazing stuff. I'm with you on that, man. I, I felt I missed out on some of this. Like, There are some things they do that are not my favorite, but yes. a lot of these songs are really good, and the yeah. musicianship is awesome. Uh, Joey's voice is killer. I mean, oh, the yeah. guitar work is, oh my God, excellent. Yep. So... Some of the stuff they're doing, man, rocked me. I mean, I was really, 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 really yep, happy yep. with this. So we're talking Sweden. Uh, Uplands Vasby, 1979. That's when this band got formed. Joey Tempest. Wait a the minute. Same. What city? Uplands Vasby. Oh, Chris. In Sweden. Uh, 1979, Joey Tempest, John Norum, Peter Olsen, and Tony Reno on drums um, started, the, you know, a band. You know, they were called Force when they first started. They oh, okay. Force and... Uh, they uh, really got their break on a TV show, uh, 1982, I believe, yeah. uh, called uh, Rock SM, which was kind of like a rock band competition show. They found out that there was a, another band from Sweden called, and I don't know how they didn't know it, Rising Force. With Ingve Malmsteen. How do you not know that band exists? I don't right? know, dude. Right? Um, if you don't know who Ingve Malmsteen is, 
One, learn to spell it, then two, Google it. Uh, then they slowly changed their... Wait, wait, hold on then. Ingve is an amazing guitarist. Go listen Yngwie to... Go, is amazing. Go listen to some of his work. Yeah. It is super killer. So if you're if you're into shredding, um, it's excellent, man. There's no taking away from this guy, no, man. This guy great. is a guitar god. He's kicked a lot of ass, uh, man. So they changed their name uh, to Europe. No problem. Right before the competition. They got their name from... Uh, uh, I think it was a album by Deep Purple or someone like that, live wow. from Europe or something like that. It's like, okay. Oh, Europe. Okay, we're going to take our name. We're going to do that. Because they were heavily influenced by Deep Purple, UFO, um, Uriah Heap, those kind of bands. You know, they were from, Okay. And uh, Joey Tempest loved the Western influence. So that's why they sang in English instead of Swedish. And they got a lot of backlash for that because they didn't come out in this competition and sing in Swedish. They were like, no, if we want to make it, Worldwide, we have to start from the beginning singing in English and couldn't have made a better decision. So is that what we need to do? Make it worldwide, Chris? We need to start doing it in English? Yeah, dude. Instead of what? What are we talking about? Instead of the gibberish we do? (laughs) Jib-jab. Hey, man. (laughs) Jib-jab. Yeah. Basically, hands down, won that competition. Cool. I mean, 4,000 bands, they won it like easily. 4,000? 4,000 bands. So was it like a year long yeah, or two years long? Yeah, it was a long. long it was a long competition. Four thousand bands. And this is the early eighties, right? Yeah. Wow. Sweden's got their shit together, dude. Wow. I, I don't know what we're doing over here. I don't know, man. They've we're been in... podcasting since <laughs> the sixties. No, we've been pulling out. What are you pulling out? Uh, pop singers. Okay. And other things. <laughs> and other things. There you go. He pulled there it out. Um, so yeah, dude, they won the competition. What they won was a uh, recording contract. And so they were able to, you know, record their first album. So, so it was a full album. Wasn't like an EP or it wasn't like a single or no, anything like that. No, it was like a full album. And, uh, man, dude, they, these guys are, dude, these guys are killer, dude. Yeah. They, so uh, are you going to give me a couple of the songs from the first album? Of course I am. Go ahead. Rock uh, me with it, dude. <laughs> well, Rock me. Uh, so the first, first album was self-titled. Europe, um, released March 14th, 1983 wow. on Hot Records. And this was actually released on CD and LP. I mean, this is what it's telling me here. So maybe it was CD later. And it got to number eight in Sweden. That's how popular the show was. That's how popular, you know, everything was here. You know, it was just, you know, um, one of the things, you know, kind of took the country by storm. I okay. Guess. So. Here's one of the tracks right here off of their first album. Just kind of, and these guys. I mean, if you guys have heard Europe, you know the final countdown. You know that kind of stuff. They were definitely heavily influenced, like I said, Deep Purple, UFO, Uriah Heep, you know, Priest, Maiden. They had that. Definitely had that. I mean, listen to this. This is not the final countdown. This song is called "In the Future to Come." Okay, there is a there is a different sound than oh, yeah, totally. Final Countdown. I I could see okay, these guys are a new band getting their getting their act together. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. But this is not shabby. Dude. This is this is no. this is all right, dude. He, I'm his, digging it. His voice from from what I heard this to the the two albums we're gonna talk about mostly sounds really good, man. I can't talk about his Joey's voice is it's oh, on yeah. point. Not bad, dude. So here's another one I want you to listen to. Uh, Boyazon. This is a this is an instrumental, and I think it really shows, you know, the how good the band was. You know, Sands. You know, Joey Tempest singing. Um, John Norum. You know, their guitarist. You know, their original guitarist. Uh, we'll talk about him a little bit later. Dude, he was just. For this band was so good, right? And you can tell the difference in their sound. The guitar sound changed a lot when he left the band, and, and the new guy came in, um, uh, Key Marcello. And it was just—it was a little different sound. It wasn't too much of a differentiation, but definitely, you know, after he left, you know, it was a different sound. But isn't it usually happen when new guitars happen? They come yeah, in. Oh yeah, and they're, they're a big part of this. Sound. They don't—they want to secure their own sound, not sound like. You know, whatever left, oh, yeah. whatever you know, the, who they're replacing. 
For sure. Let's see if they're like a known guitarist. No. Great stuff right here, dude. Sounds good, man. And I know that... Uh, I just want to give it a little couple extra seconds because they really break it down here in about 10 seconds or so and really get like the double bass drum going and the guitars and stuff right here. This is just wow. killing it, dude. That is killing it, dude. <laughs> dude, it, it's pretty badass and really just... So much different than what everybody knows Europe as. And that's why I really want to let people know that this is where they came from, this is where they started from, this is what they sound. They, these guys are not like a band that was put together and just all about production. This is a kick ass band, dude. Um, let's go. All right. Um, this is also another song off of their debut album from Hot Records that signed them after they won the Sweden SM band competition. This is called Children of this time see you hear that like yeah it's like an iron maiden like really like you can tell those influences are there right it's killer dude totally different so then um so then what did they do? They came out with another album the next year, same label, Hot Records, called Wings of Tomorrow. They released this one February 24th, 1984, so just about a year later. Okay. Hit number 20 on the Swedish charts. No other countries did it chart. Um, this is uh, one of the songs up here. It's called Storm Wind. A lot of the a same kind of sound, a little bit better production. Like, oh, wow, these guys hit number eight in Sweden. Now let's see what else we can pull out of them. You know, a little bit better sound. Sounds like they were learning how to write songs, you know what yep. I mean? Definitely. Their songwriting definitely got better. Kind of hear, you know, Joy Tempest start sounding better. Uh, Scream of Anger. It's another song off of that album, dude. Different sound, but man, it's still the same thing. They're, sh- they're ripping, dude. Nice. Love it, dude. Love, Sounds love, good, love, man. Love, yeah, man. Um, title track from the album. Let's play that next. I'm just giving you guys a taste so you guys kind of know what's going on here with this band. Wings of Tomorrow. Isn't this when the on the second album is when they added the keyboardist to more? Oh yeah, a permanent member. Yep. Next album. Yeah, like you had said, dude, they're really learning how to write songs. They're really learning how to, you know, play in the studio. They're really learning their craft. They're really coming together as a band. I mean, just another, it was a giant step forward, obviously, from the TV show to the first album to the second album. Um, Here's one more song I just want to throw out there. Uh, Cool. Wasted Time. I think it just really, you know, just kind of shows what's going on. Um... Um, so when they, you know, got kind of done with this, you know, album yeah. cycle, um, um, Mick, uh, McKaylee joined the band. He wanted to be, he joined them as the keyboardist. So they went from a four piece to a five piece. And then they went into the studio to record the final countdown, which is the album that everybody knows them for. So let's go ahead and go into the final countdown. Sounds good, man. Now this album right here released. Well, since we heard this, Chris, why don't you juice it up just a little bit, man? Do you, mean, you mean juice it up? No, no, no. On, on the fast forward, just a little bit of the song. Oh, okay. Because we, we did go. hear a lot of this. There you go. There we go. Um, released uh, May 26, 1986. Um, this thing did amazing chart. Right? Amazing on the charts. Um, number one in Sweden. Number three in Austria. Uh, Austria sorry. Five, excuse me. Let me rewind that back. Number one in Sweden, three in Australia, five in Austria. Now, now, what record label were they on for uh, this? Uh, CBS Epic. 
Oh, okay. Was that previous albums too, or no, just that, this album? No, that was Hot Hot Records. Okay, hot, so you know, different production company. So they went to they picked up. They went to major major label after those first two albums. Uh, ten in France, uh, six in Germany, two in Italy, three in the Netherlands, uh, four in Norway, number one in Switzerland, number nine in the UK, number eight in the US. Now we're talking nice. Mul- we're talking multi platinum, three times platinum in America. Two times in Canada, gold, 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 and UK, Netherlands, Germany, platinum, and France. I mean, this is just ridiculous stuff going on here, dude. And more. I mean, number one in Spain, number one in Sweden, Switzerland, uh, Finland. Just craziness. Killer, this, man. Yeah, dude. This song hit uh, number eight. On the uh, uh, Billboard Hot 100 charts, you know this is probably their song they're most known for. Right. It kind of sucks when a when a band like this gets kind of pigeonholed into yes. this is the song they're known for. Let's go ahead and go to the next one. Um, so this song's called "Rock the Night." Yeah, it is rocking, dude. And uh, the funny thing about this song and another song that's later in the album, um, uh, "On the Loose." Uh huh. These uh, Rock the Night and On the Loose were actually songs that were on a movie that they made called On the Loose. Um, it was about a it was a movie. It's all it was a Swedish movie, all in Swedish, um, where the main character cannot remember the character's name, but he had a girlfriend, but he was kind of a punk rock loser. He was you know a welder trying to make his trade. Okay, he just he was a fuck up. His girlfriend actually was an okay person. She definitely had her shit together. Guess who her ex-boyfriend was? Joey, Joey Tempest. Tempest. And they came to go tour through their town. And so the guy got all upset and jealous, blah, 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 after, you know, all this stuff. And I finally got convinced that you have nothing to worry about. You don't have to be jealous about anything. It's me and you, baby. He was okay. He fixed the tour bus. They got on their way. That was before this album came out, but that's just a little snippet in there, dude. If you guys want to check that out, On the Loose, about a 30-minute little mini-movie. Uh, they had about four or five songs in there, but On the Loose, which comes in later on End of Side 2, and Rock the Night, which we're listening to right yeah. now, both in that. Uh, Is it a... A little uh, bit different version, though. It's a little it YouTube, different. Probably? Yeah, probably. Cool. Um, let's go. You ready to go to the next song? Yeah. Oh, this was uh, a huge hit for them. Right, Carrie. Hit number three in America. Um, what a t- he's good. He's so tender. Right? So, tender. so cute. I wonder who um, Carrie was. Joey's girlfriend? I don't know. John's dude. girlfriend? Somebody's I don't know. Somebody's girlfriend? Somebody's mom? It was, you know, it was written by Joey Tempest and uh, Mick McKaylee in 1985. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, there's really no background for this. There's really nothing that tells me what's going on. You know what's funny though? I will tell you this, and I forgot to mention it when we were listening to the final cut. Joey Tempest wrote that song, and he wrote it in the early '80s. So we're talking about four or five years before right? Was, right was when yeah. he really came up for with the sound of that song. So, but man, this song is so he, this is a great power ballad. He's right the here. main songwriter. He's the main driving force. He pretty force. much writes everything. Right. Um, you know the other guys. You know. Give you know a little bit, they get some song printing credits, but really it's 90% new. Listen to this. Carry, carry, carry. It's good stuff right here, dude. <laughs> I mean, you got someone, I mean, Joey Tempest, what a good looking guy. He's a foxy guy. Hey, that only works for for Randio, bro, from Odin. Man. Don't bring in somebody a foxy guy. He's alright, he's sexy. <laughs> Randy is better, foxy, foxy or sexy. All right, let's go to the next track. You ready? Yes. Now, this song is killer. Danger. Oh, yeah. And you can definitely tell the difference between those first two albums and this one. The keyboards yeah. are all over this. Sometimes a little too much for me. Yes. But it's working right now. The, the keyboards sometimes are too much, but I you know that going in. They're not a surprise. All right. It's not like, oh, well, oh keyboards get no this, They have a keyboardist in the band. You know? um, that's one of the things that I think made Bon Jovi so great. We've talked about it before. 
that the keyboards were there to accentuate and not be out in front. Sometimes in Europe, they're a little too out front. Correct. Me too. Danger on the track. This is cool, man. You know it's not from a soundtrack too, right? What movie is that from? Hot Rod. The uh, Adam Sandberg. Uh, uh, Andy Sandberg. Andy Sandberg. Yeah. His stuntman movie. Yeah. It was funny. And they did a lot of that. Yeah, that's not from here. It was pretty good. I liked it. It was all right. Yeah. This is cool, man. I love it. Yeah, I, I love it. Bring it on. Bring the next one. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's move on. Next song. Ninja. Not one of my favorites on the album, dude. I mean, I, I've listened to this song a bunch of times, and I still am trying to figure out what the fuck is going on in this song. Right? Yeah, like, I, I, I want to say it was okay. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. At best. At best. Are we talking about a ninja? Does ninja mean something? I can't. I don't know. Ninja Love ninja? Come on, what is it? Story. I don't know. We can move on whenever you're ready. Sometimes you just gotta let the people hear the the the, the average inadequacies of a band. You just gotta let them hear this, dude. Sometimes I don't get it. I mean, Joey sounds great, dude. But yeah, yeah. Let's go to the next. Maybe Ninja just the title. You know, like oh, we what, what kind of title are you? I'll just take Ninja. Okay. Ninja survive. This is my favorite song on the album. Really? Yeah, I love this song. There's all those drums. See, with this, the keyboard works there. Yeah. Right? Okay, we're going into it, but when it's too much, it's too much for me. Isn't it Joey? Yeah. The song is called Cherokee. It tells a story of, like, you know, the called Cherokee, but basically this could be about any Indian tribe, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah native yeah. to America and you, you know the what? white people came uh, and destroyed them. That's it. That's it. I mean, you can't put it any delicately. You can't make it delicate. Yeah, you can't that's make what it. Happened. White people came and destroyed them. Really. And that's what this song's about. Oh! The white man's greed in search of gold. Yeah. Made nation weak. And this was actually a single. This was the fourth single. So Final Countdown was the first single. It was number eight. Rock the night. Here we go. Love it. And Trail of Tears is a real thing through exactly. history. I love it. I was going to say, man, just, like you're watching the sunset go down yeah, and you're dude. cranking this song. Cherokee. I love it, dude. Um, Rock cool. the Night hit number 30. Carrie number three. This song only hit number 72. They probably were trying to get one more hit, right? Yeah, there you go. You got to throw that last one out there. Here we go. Let's go to the next song. Time has come. I love this one too, dude. <laughs> I love this one too, dude. This is like, I mean, Carrie was the big, huge ballad. Yeah. And yeah. this is almost like, you know, like a a, a mid-tempo, a slow mid-tempo ballad. But man, this song is super killer. Right? It's good. Super it's good. killer. See, the keyboards work here. Yeah. The no, keyboards I, I, work here. That's what I'm saying is that sometimes it's too much. They have a little more forefront. I think I, on the next album, I did a, little, a couple of bit yeah. more. But on this one, it's like, no, I'm, I'm enjoying it. But if it goes too crazy, it's, that's too much for me. Put them up behind the stage, behind the drums. Right, dude. Dude, they're back. Yeah, they got a lot of good background yeah, vocals here. Dude. Right? We, we can't say that about their musicianship, man, and the way they sing and stuff, man. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's really now, good. Now, off this, who was producing this? Um, the producer was uh, uh, Kevin Elson. Has he done anything else? Because um, he did a great job on this, man, for these guys. I don't see anything here, but I believe I did read some stuff, you know, that he had done some other things. All right. 
Oh, yeah, dude, it's killer, dude. It's killer. Ready to go? Yes. Here we go. Heart of Stone. Track eight, uh, number three on side two. Yeah. It's still rocking, still has a good sound. You know, I like it. Yeah, sometimes they bust out a, a like a keyboard solo before the guitar solo, and I'm not a big fan of that. No. Not at all. It's like, here we go, get ready. Here we go, get ready. Okay, now. Yeah. yeah Joey doesn't get enough credit for his vocals, dude. He's, no. He's on point. No, I, I no one ever right. talks about him, but he's great. And songwriting. He basically wrote... So all tracks were written by the singer Joey Tempest, except for Carrie's, where uh, Mick McKaylee was a co-writer. Okay. Everything else, he wrote it all. And, you know, he plays guitar. I mean, it's not like one of these things where it's like, oh, Joey just wrote everything. It's not an Aussie <laughs> situation, but yeah. Whoa. He plays guitar. He writes. He can probably play every instrument. Listen to this. It sounds great, dude. Yeah. For what, 1986? 87? Right. This sound this is right in the cut of those years, man. This sounds great. So on the loose, which on is the, the uh, other song I was talking about, you know, from that little mini Right, movie a little mini movie. Listen to this, dude. This They're rocking, dude. A little different, little you know, this is kind of, you know. Maybe something from the first couple albums that they brought up. Or reworked. Yeah. Right. I mean, you got to listen. Listen to the guitar playing. Listen to the way it sounds from the first, you know, tracks we've played. We've got one, we got one more song to play on this one. Um, you're Because the guitar player who's in the band now leaves after this album. Uh, John Norm, he leaves. He didn't really like... The direction, the musical direction, he thought it was too polished, too uh, pop, too pop, too many keyboards. Um, he just left. You know, John Norm left, and uh, he got replaced by Key Marcello. Key Marcello, and how he got into the band, the way him and Joey know each other, was Joey Tempest was tagged to write a song. You remember uh, We Are the World? Yeah. Well, Sweden did a version of that. I can't remember the name. It was like we're all holding hands or we are hands or something <laughs> like that and Joey Tempest wrote it Key Marcello produced that track for their version of the We Are The World kind of thing so that's how their relationship was so that he got brought into the band you know after uh, John Long left after this album I mean he, I mean the album got recorded he did finish the, t- the first two legs of the tour and yeah. then he left he did you know fulfill his contractual obligation to just say fuck you guys you know he, he did it like, you know, a man. So you got to give it up for him for that, you know, even if you want to leave, you know. What a great. Wow, that's, that's uh, crazy. Great. Last song. Here we go. This song is called Love Chaser. About a woman chasing love. Right. And it's it. rocking, dude. You know, trying to find it. So this album does, you know, it's, it's not, you know, held up there for me personally is like a great album but it does mean something to me in my sentimental side because okay uh it was given to me in seventh grade for my birthday the cassette i still own the cassette i'll go break it out here but uh, man <laughs> I, I, break it out chris i love it dude i love it i can't get enough of it cool it's good dude um they came out with a um you know a version of this album that was uh they added some tracks. They came out with an anniversary issue as a live final countdown, live danger on the track, and a live carry. If you guys have a chance to check those out, they are on the Apple Music version of this CD. I'm looking at them right now. They're in my playlist, but we're not going to play them. We're going to go ahead and let's move on to the next album. Want to move on to the next one? Yes. Out of This World is the next album. Oh yeah, dude. Mirror should break. Think about it now that you care. Well, I'm not superstitious. Yeah. All right, here we go. The next album. 
from Europe. This thing was released. In wait, 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 man. The final countdown. That was a kick-ass album. Oh man. yeah, that let's, almost killed. Let's take it in for a second, man. You said three million. Three million. So I, I altogether read somewhere ten million nationwide. They've or sold 10 about. They've sold about ten million worldwide. I think it's Jeez, more. I think it's right. more. No, it has to be about ten. No, right? Yeah. No, it, it was ten million albums total that they've sold. Okay, okay, ten million albums sold. That they, they sold that. Yeah, this album right here we're listening to only did one. Didn't they get like a nationwide a resurge from a gecko commercial? Like a oh like yeah, a dude. Few years yeah, ago? they did that commercial with the final countdown. Yeah, damn, I know because it was on there and everybody was like, "Ooh, Europe, Europe, Europe." Yeah. All right, all right. I'm sorry for all the for all the people that didn't know who they were. Right. Sorry. Going to the next album. Yeah, dude. This is killer, dude. Um, the Out of This World released August fifth, nineteen eighty eight on Epic, CBS Epic. Horrible album cover. <laughs> It's got the five of them on there. It says Europe out of this world. And it is. Like, what is this? Um, you know, well, but from the final countdown, it was those guys again, but in a cartoonish form. Yeah, so maybe they want to show their faces. This looks, this looks like Metal Edge or something like a poster or something. They just got cheap on it. All right. But this was uh, the album where, you know, John Norm left. Uh, and he uh, uh, got replaced. By uh, uh, Key Marcello, who I told you before was the producer on that uh, Scandinavian We Are the World situation. Got it. And then, man, this song right here, dude, this is the biggest hit off of this album for sure, dude. This hit, uh, let's look. Um, U.S. Oh, I haven't even seen it. Dude. There's a little oh, more. Here we go, 31. Only hit 31. There's dude. a little more keyboards than I want, hey, but I mean, I guess still... where it hit number one. Sweden yeah. <laughs> and Norway, Norwegian. Love it, dude. Yeah, man. Those guys. I'm not super. Let's see, little different guitar solo. Yes, it's not as gritty. It's not a. It's not as like inventive or as improv. Improv. It's not as much as an improvisation. It sounds really like I'm gonna play it like this. Okay. All right. It's technical. There we go. It's technical. Ooh, I like that. That's a good word for it. Good in its own right. But I think John Norm <laughs> just brought another layer and level to it. But this is still good. Listen to that. Yeah, I want to go back to technical. Good, man. I love That's it. That's great, it. dude. Yeah. It's still great. It's just different, but it's great, dude. Yes. I'm ready for the next song, man, because it, it, it was jamming, man. Rockin' the rock. Let the good times rock. Nice. Like this one too, dude. Listen to that, dude. It, it, it starts out you don't, and I love how it changes. How is you like? It doesn't sound like at the beginning. Like he's like, oh yeah, and then it goes into this. Yeah, it sounds so good. They do this on a couple of songs, dude. Well, really good. I think I think. Um, do they have the same producer or different producer? Uh, different producer. This is Ron Nevison. All right, different producer. I think Ron, you know, knew how to bring something different out in them. You know, you know I, I'm actually, you know, if this album I really only heard like Superstitious. It was really only the kind of song I ever heard from this album. I listened to this album a bunch of times. This is actually a really good album. Yeah, I agree and with you. I'm disappointed that it, you know, it took me this many years to, to really listen to it. Um, it's great. This album is great. Yeah. Uh, I. I I, I want to agree I'm with sorry you. sorry I missed it, dude. I'm I, sorry. I, I, I know. So what? This was in, you said, 80, um, 89? This got released uh, 88, August 5th. So about a year and a half later than the first. Than yeah. Half, or excuse me. Uh, two and a half years after Final Countdown. So they toured. They got. They toured for like 16 months. A good following. They probably toured the, uh, the world on that one. And then they said, all right, now we're back. Let's do this. And they have a new singer, our new guitarist, and let's rock and roll. Let's yeah. start with some new songs. Yep. What, do, what are you bringing to the table? So. All right, let's go. All right. Open your heart. I mean, his voice sounds good on it, dude. He really has a great voice for really anything. Underrated voice. Love it. Sounds good. You know that uh, summer of '88, before this album got released, they were uh, 
touring with Def Leppard. Uh, if you knew that. Wow. Yeah, dude. So they were definitely, you know, you know, it was a successful American tour, you know, and wow, do you? I mean, Def Leppard. I mean, we're talking hysteria yeah. years, dude. So I'm surprised that this album didn't do better. Only one million. Hysteria did what? Twelve million? Exactly. Jesus. Everybody was partying in the parking lot like us, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> Being part of the parking lot, don't even go to the show. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um. They, you know, they had their, they had an out of the world tour. Um, started Mumbai, India, in, in November of '88. You know, they went to Japan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they went all Australia uh, from you know, and then it went to Jan- to April '89, uh, all over Europe, Germany, and everywhere, dude. You know, it was great. You know, I went to a couple of places they didn't go to during the final countdown tour. You know, to kind of, you know, you got to touch all these places. Oh, yeah. You know, if you really want to sell albums, uh, you know. In 89, they were actually supposed to go come back to the U.S., but, you know, the sales of the albums were not as high. So the U.S. tour was really not the big thing they wanted to do, so they didn't. They did not come tour the U.S. Again. Because the album sales were not as big as they had hoped before they came here. They could have done theaters. Oh, yeah, dude. I think that's a theater. Let's go. All right. See keyboards. I yeah. love, this song is awesome. I love this I, song. I want to agree with you that I thought that this was the most rockinest song. I love this on song. this album, man. Um, when we get to the solo part, these guys jam. The guitarist, man, he blew me away. I was like, damn, yeah. that's a good solo. Let me hear that again. I heard the solo again. It's man. very catchy. It's very hooky from the beginning, dude. It's just really good, you know. Every once in a while, you find those gems on on albums. You're like, oh my God, dude, I've never heard those this song. Deep or, cut gems. Or, yeah, or dude. The, why didn't this one break them open? Or so, dude, did you hear this one? This is the song on this album. Yeah. Right here. Uh, this is more than meets the eye. If yeah. we didn't say more than meets the eye. No, Number the four. Dun, dun. I mean, the keyboards are really accentuating, dude. It's, I'm fine with it here, right? Little trill right there. Let's go, dude. A guitar or something. I, I, you know, I got to be honest with you, Greg. I really only knew of the Final Countdown album. Like I had said, you know, that was the one, you know, the cassette that I had that I owned that I knew. That you- so this was really for me. I listened to like seven albums that I had really never heard before and I was this is not something you know a lot of times we listen to albums for shows right and you're like okay what's next this is the guitar solo first listen to that the drums too right there that's killer dude yeah I was I was as I told you I was listening to headphones and I was like Damn, this is fucking rocking. Headphones. Is always headphones. Listen to that. That's cool. He's definitely one of those technical players who can just shred. Right. Um, but like I was saying, dude, I this is probably one of those bands. I'm going to equate it. I always talk about this one album, Point of Entry by Judas Priest. That I was so surprised that I missed, I forgot. I think I just missed it. I don't remember. Right. And Europe is one of those bands where I know I missed every single album of theirs except for the final countdown. So going back and being able to listen to a lot of their stuff, there's some stuff in there that I'm going to keep listening to. Even, you know, we got some shows coming up, you know, Wasp. Uh, we're going to do some Steelheart. You know, we're going to do our years. You know, we got our Christmas episodes going to be coming up. But I definitely, Europe, there's some stuff in there that's going to be in my everyday gym, gym mix. driving, you know, rotation. I'm going to throw that shit in there because, dude, there's a lot on, of good on stuff your, here. On your gym mix, do you keep on adding or you delete stuff? I always add. You just add? I never you, delete. You never delete straight add? Well, I have never deleted, right. but I couldn't see myself not deleting. We just listened to that whole song, you guys. That shit was killer, dude. Yeah. Coast that, was, coast. that was good. A little love song here. Uh, you know what? Uh, we can listen to a little bit because it's not my favorite. Okay. 
Lay your hands on me. Lay, it sounds like the same thing. <laughs> no, not there. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Let me get my flowing locks. <laughs> I love his voice. How's this guy? Just he has a good voice. He has a good rock Listen. voice. Dude, he's got a great voice. I want to hear it in, in sweet too. Sweden, y'all. Yeah. You keep saying Switzerland. Yeah, I, know. I know you mean Sweden, but Sweden. You know, I know we're here. Hey, guys, just in case you want to know, we're going international. We're drinking some Labatt's Blue today. Canadian, Canadian eh? Can I open this one? Finish it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Canadian, eh? Yeah. Oh man, this is us. Yeah, cheers, baby. Oh, All right, man. Do you want to go? I'm ready. Right. Ready or not. See, dude, it starts off a little rocking, man. Yeah, num track six, number, uh, the last song on side two. Um, you know, once again, you know, Joey Tempest really pretty much wrote all this stuff. Uh, uh, Marcelo uh, contributed to music on, on the three of the tracks. Uh, wait a minute, wait Mick a minute. Michelli on Did you say last song on side two? Last song no, on last side song one. On side one. I'm sorry, last song on side one. I don't know what I said. Got you. Um, yeah, dude, Joey is killing it. He's excellent, dude. Ready? I thought this was a good rocket song too, man. Yeah. It goes on there. It's it, it's good, but it's it's got a little high chimey keyboard going. It's all right. Yeah. I, you know, the keyboard's been trying to like. Trying to get different sounds on there, or just trying to you know, see what you're doing. I just, I honestly, just don't, I don't see how this album didn't do good. Uh, radio airplay, dude. I guess. I mean, videos. Let's go to the next I mean, one. Uh, are there any videos for these songs? I mean, I didn't even look on YouTube. Just for that. superstitious. See, then that's wrong. Then, especially in, in what you said, '88. In 88, MTV, you had to have... That was MTV heyday. If you didn't have a video on MTV... At least four, you dude. You were... At least four? <laughs> Jesus. For an album. Oh. You got A, man. Every single. Throw it me. But they don't want to see Swedish guys with all their flowing hair and their tight pants. Those Swedish guys have sweet flowing hair, dude. Yeah. Sweet. It's like light, and it's like curlable, and you know, you can flare it out, you know? Little Aquanet pink. Don't use the blue, dude. If you use the blue, your hold is will not be enough. It's got to be Aquanet pink, and at least a half a can. <laughs> You're killing me, dude, dude. When I feather my pubes, dude, I'm using Aquanet pink. That shit is all like a Gross. looks like a looks like a freaking freaking like Aztec a, sundial, <laughs> dude. It's killer. It's not killer. Shh. I'm like going out an inch. Give this blue song. Give it's me like, the next it's one. It's like gorillas in the mist when I come out oh. of the fucking bathroom, dude. There's so much hairspray. All right, let's go to the next song. I don't know what that was. That just got away from me. Yeah, it did. Totally. But I do feather Keyboard, like, baby. I do feather it. See, it goes a little bit rocking out. Long uh, enough to feather, not uh, brave. To find uh, out. Uh, yeah, dude. I'm down with that, dude. Oh, yeah, I like this one, dude. This song is cool. What's the name of it? Just the beginning. Just the tip. <laughs> just the beginning. Which, for which for Greg is just the beginning and the end. <laughs> just the beginning. I like the little pop breakdown right here, dude. Yeah. Now I'm with you, man. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes their stuff was is really good, and other times, see, dude, it just, yeah, it, this is a pop song, dude. It's so catchy, dude. 
I mean, I found myself saying like, wow, this is a catchy song, dude. That's what I'm saying. If they would have played it live on, you know, in concert, man, you could be waving your hands. Yep. Like, you just don't care. If they would have played it at the House of Blues, I probably, probably would have got thrown out losing both of my flip-flops. Why do you got to bring up old, old memories? <laughs> I was happy. That's a great track, dude. It really yeah, sounds really good. good. Really well written. Really well played. Love it. Um, this is a song where uh, uh, Marcelo and Tempest bolted lyrics. Marcelo uh, wrote the music. So, you know, it was great, dude. Love it. Let's go to the next song. Never say Track nine, number three on side two. You know what's funny about about Europe, Chris, is, is these albums. They didn't really try to reinvent themselves in the sense of like, you know what, we're gonna make this album super heavy, so we're gonna have, you know, less keyboards, more guitar. We're gonna do this. They just did what they always thought was right for their well, music. Well, it's kind of funny you say that because the first two albums, they really. It, it's kind of funny because they kind of go in cycles. The first two albums, really no keyboards. Yeah. Um, really the influence, you know, like we had said of all those bands, you know, Maiden, um, UFO, Uriah Heap, you know, uh, Deep Purple, that kind of stuff. Then they got, you know, with Epic CBS and it was keyboard heavy, which was the last album in this one. Then the next album, which is Prisoners in Paradise, which is out of this world, you know, unfortunately, you know, we aren't going to talk much about that. Okay. But we're going to go into a couple tracks on it where they kind of went back to their guitar sound, dude. And it's amazing because, you know, I was watching a documentary on them and Joey Tempest got asked, you know, what, how's the next album, you know, Prisoners in Paradise? You know, he goes, you know, it's, it's you know, more guitar driven. You know, it's really good. I think it's really strong. Not as much keyboards, but it's really guitar driven. He almost seemed uncomfortable, like... You know, this isn't going to be what you guys think us as you know, right, our popular right, right. music. But I listened to it and I was like, wow, this might this might be better than the than final countdown album and out of this world. Dude, it was so good. Why don't you bring me to the next song so we can start getting to those right, songs, man. Lights and shadows. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I was going to say that a lot of the times they're, they're not really singing a lot about love and girls and stuff like that no you know some of these are like ready or not and the times open your heart okay open your heart yes but there's a rock in there danger on the track ninja yeah. Cherokee yeah. rock the night I mean rock the night probably yeah <laughs> you know what I'm but talking still, about but still yeah it's not like pour some sugar on me or animal. Never say goodbye. Yeah. Talk dirty to me. Yeah, all those. They, they just really sound. All good those hair together. bands. Yeah, these guys just really sound together in their in their vocals. It's really good. It's all right, man. I love it. Let's go. Towers calling. Track 11. I was going to say almost a little futuristic. Tower, tower's calling. Yeah, this is... Uh, it's got that 80s for sure sound to it. Well, the producer, I think, pulled it out of them, like pulled some good stuff out of them. Oh, yeah, I, I think so. You're right. A, a lot of this is keyboard-driven. I could see them wanting to take that away from it. So it would get a little different sound, but... Yeah. See something like futuristic. Power's calling. Nobody's replying. The it has that lights. same hook, that pop hook. Yeah. So good. All right, let's go. All right. Last song uh, on this album, track 12, called Tomorrow. I thought it was Carrie. Carrie. Um, so, 
when, before I before I listened to the album, you know, I did some research on the band. Yeah. And, you know, I read a review on this album. And they were talking about this song is like, dude, this is a great ballad in a time where ballads were everywhere. The first time I listened to it, I was like, this is not very good. After I listened to it three or four times, I was like, this song is very good. I just, I don't know why the first couple of times I was like, mm, but dude, this is a really good song. Well, come on, dude. Our, we have biggest standards for ballads. Yeah, but man, we really do. I mean, we love a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah. And the ballads we're both on, and like, we love ballads. Listen to them. And this. God, Joey, dude. Vocals <laughs> are killer. He can sing, man. There's nothing about him singing on this, dude. You're right on that. This is really a tear it down kind of song, just basically vocals and that's you know that's the pr prominent instrument in this song is the vocals. Love it. All right, I'm okay if you bring me to. Oh, dude, this album, dude. Let's let tomorrow. Let's let this play for a little bit. Right. Prisoners of Paradise, dude, was killer, dude. Released on September 23rd in 91. And, you know, I think you agree with me where we give full disclosure to the Big Talk Nation. Me and Greg talked about doing this episode. We're like, you know, we've been going a little long. You know, let's just do two albums. So we're like, okay, let's do Final Countdown. Let's do Out of This World. Mm -hmm. And uh, we didn't think. I was kind of like, oh, we'll do a little bit of the stuff they did before that, some stuff after. Because I had never really listened to the album Prisoners of Paradise. You know, once a band kind of goes away, you think that yeah. the music is kind of like the reason. In this instance, the music had nothing to do with it because Prisoner of Paradise may very well, in fact, be better than the Final Countdown album and Out of This World. Dude, this album is killer. But no one knows that, right? Well, no one knows that, and unfortunately... I didn't start listening to it until like a day or two ago okay. before recording this. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to listen to a song right now. All right, give me a song. This song is called Halfway to Heaven. All right. This is some good stuff right here. So we're talking about September 23rd, 91. That's Starts off good, man. Right there, dude. Um, a little poppy. Yeah. There's about a 54-minute, 55-second album. Still on Epic. It's still got Epic going with them. Still sounds wow, good. Yeah. So, yeah, dude. It's killer. You know, it sounds like a little more in-your-face sound. Yeah. Less keyboards. Yeah. I still a little hear a little bit ring, ring in the back, yeah. but it's not in your face, dude. It's really good. Just like he said when he got interviewed. More guitar driven. This is more of a rock album. This is different than what you heard from before. And I'm it's killer, dude. Dude, it's really rocking, dude. Give me another song, man. All right, this song, next song. It's called Talk to Me, track five. All right. Um, this might be my favorite song on the album. Wow, all right. Listen to this. That is it. The chorus right off the bat. Right, it does. Wow. Yeah, dude, this, this is... You know, you you start thinking weird things. Like, I look at the album cover. It's terrible. The album cover for this is terrible. Um, the album cover for the last one was terrible. They only had one hit song from the last album. But you start listening to actually the, yeah, music, the music, and you're like, 
how was this but not that, a But hit? that's what we are. This, this sounds like 1991. It's got enough uh, hair and metal that's still from the 80s and enough pop that went into the 90s. I mean, grunge was coming in. I get that. Yeah. But this is like winger. This is like late warrant. Yeah. Okay. This is late skid row. This is it right here. I'll give you that. Maybe not so much Skid Row. Skid Row got a little heavier, but you know what I'm saying, right? But like the pop sound of like pop metal, pop hair metal, whatever. Yeah. All right. You have another song for me? Oh, yeah. One more. Title track. Prisoners in Paradise. You're right. That talk to me was kind of catchy, man. Yeah, dude. That shit was killer, dude. That's one of those songs I remember um, first time listening to it. Like I've said before, oh, that was really good. And you go back and you listen to it again. Just to make sure, yes, it was. I do that when I listen to music. Right. If I find something like, like piques my interest, I'll listen to it a couple times in a row, because I really want to ingrain it or listen to it or be like, is it really that good? Yes, it is. And that one really was. It was great, dude. And this album is really good. I've listened to it a couple times, and I wish you know I had more time to listen to it some more. Man, dude, Europe's killer, dude. You got a killer. Okay, this one I hear some keyboards, but I bet it's not something that. Ah, out of the blue for them, so. Oh, no. Yeah, dude, that sounds killer. That's a big rock sound, man. Yeah. And that kicked it's in. It's arena rock. That's arena rock sound. You know, the first version of this album got rejected by their label in 1990. They had to go back and write recording songs for it, dude. They had to record and write oh. five new tracks. Um, they had 25 to choose from. They just weren't happy with them all. They had to go back and do five more, 30 songs, just to make this album. Wow. Crazy, dude. So that's Crazy. what I said. Oh, you want an album here? We're going to give you a rock yeah. album now. You son of a bitches. And that guitarist from the previous album is on this one, right? Yeah, Lee Marcello. So um, John Norum didn't join the band again until 1999, if I remember correctly. Oh, okay. They got invited by the government of Sweden. I love this song. Listen to this. Hair pop, dude. Yeah. It's great. Um, he got invited back to join the band and they actually played for, as a six piece for one show in Sweden, in Stockholm, um, for the millennium, the 1999 to 2000 New Year. Oh, okay. And you know, and it's so funny, dude, when you watch these guys in interviews from those times and you watch these guys in interviews at all, no matter who has come in and left the band, they get along and will actually like each other. There's never, it's not personal shit, it's weird. Cause you always hear about oh fuck wait a minute how do you know this. that for a fact man because you hear these because because when I hear the interview of Joey talking about John and talking about Marcelo about this stuff they're like yeah you know it felt really good you know we were back there you know we were kind of auditioning you know practicing stuff and it felt really good the vibe was really good and then you hear him on the next time you know talking about well he decided you know to leave and it's good to have John back in the band you know it's, it's just, there's never like a he said she said I think they're just telling the truth it's not like America where people try to act like they don't want to act look weak but it's like yeah I just wanted to leave I didn't like the sound of the man okay oh, that is great. fine it's good stuff I'll give it to you hey prisoner of the paradise sounds good you know, they they, I, they had a couple other albums, you know, that, that, that actually were really good. Um, uh, go ahead, go ahead. What do you want to say? No, I was going to say, you know what, overall, um, I was very happy with you uh, um, talking about Europe. I didn't really, um, I knew most of the singles. I didn't know a lot of their deep cut albums or deep cuts from the albums. And I, you know, can greatly appreciate this band, so... You know, if you need to go back, please, Nation, go back and listen to Europe, man, because some of this shit is fucking rocking, man. I really oh, yeah, I, I really was excited um, when um, Chris told me we're going to do Europe, 
And then we kind of started to listen to some of the albums, and I was like, wow, this new stuff is pretty good. You know, better than what I expected it to be or what I knew of it. So, uh, killer stuff, man. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I think that's about all we're going to be able to hit today. All right, man. Sounds good. Um, You know, we just want to thank everybody that's out there in the Big Talk Nation. Um, Thank you for following us and liking us and commenting us everywhere, including BigTalkCG.podcast on Instagram. BigTalkCG.podcast on TikTok. BigTalkCG at gmail.com and at BigTalkCG on Twitter. Connect with us. We definitely will get back to you. We love you all in the nation, the Big Talk Nation. All right. So if, if you guys are seeing a lot of our TikTok stuff or a lot of videos, anything on Instagram, please, you know, like, share, um, comment on us because me and Chris, we'd love to see comments and stuff like that from the videos, man. We love it. Um, once again, thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us, listening to us talk. This is Greg from Big Talk Podcast with Chris and Greg. See ya.